Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute podcast, the show that will take you from your nine to five to living a life on your terms. We hear from the experts themselves, sharing how they created their success and give you actionable steps to help you create a lifestyle by design. Becoming a buyer's agent requires passion, dedication, and great mentorship. This podcast will share with you all three so that you can turn buying property into a career. Look, I think I've been doing it for a while now, and um, I've had the, you know, the the awesome um, sort of experience of working with a lot of good operators like yourself, and then uh, doing a little stint on on the sales side as well. Um, worked with you know some great operators there, like Rick Sorayo and and Patrick Cosgrove, and a little stint at um, at Phyllis Panzer Donnelly as well, which a lot of people would be familiar with. So that's been of great use to me moving forward as a buyer's agent, especially for the the primary residence biz- arm of the business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been good. Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute show. The purpose of the show is to bring awareness around the career opportunities that the buyers agent sector is providing to people who want to get into real estate. To bring awareness around the value that buyers agents provide people who need help buying property. The goal of the show is to strip back and dive into the opportunities, the stories, the journeys of remarkable buyers agents who are paving the way forward in one of the fastest growing career sectors in real estate in Australia right now. Our guest today is Henry Single. Henry and I go way back. He has been working in real estate for eight years. He's a young guy, he's 25, and that's when I started my business, Cohen Handler. However, he has a great story. He's a country boy from Dunny Doo. He started off at my former company, Cohen Handler, where he was a buyer's agent. He then, over time, worked for other companies and also transitioned into a real estate agent role. So he's got a lot of experience working on the buyer side and the selling side. The most exciting news is Henry has now gone out on his own. He started his own buyer's agent business for 2020. It's called Pivot Advisory. Check him out. He is specializing in PPOR, so principal place of residence, investment buying. He runs a borderless investment model. So he's buying property across different states for investment purposes across Australia. Henry's got a very strong work ethic. He's already got a lot of clients ready, locked in, ready to go for 2020. Today, I'd like to introduce Henry Single. Welcome, Henry. Thanks for having me, Ben. Mate, it's so exciting that we're sitting here now, and I remember when we first worked with each other back in the Cohen Handler days, and to see you now eight years later running your own business, mate, it's, it's awesome. Well, yeah, it's, it's all because of you, Ben, so. Oh, come on, no, but I, I really think, and I actually feel that it's inspiring seeing people like you who, you get in the trenches, you learn the ropes earlier on, you're 25, it's a similar age when I started my former business, Cohen Handler, and it's just, it's inspiring seeing entrepreneurs like yourself get out there and make it happen. I don't look at age as anything in terms of, but for someone who is 25 years old to have already worked in real estate eight years as a buyer's agent, as a selling agent, so you're understanding the, the psyche of how buyers work, how sellers work, you bought property in different states for clients, for investment, you've done the PPOR, like you've, you've gained a lot of, I think, knowledge experience with, which I think a lot of buyers agents who are potentially even W age don't have. Yeah, look, I think the, the, the time that I spent on the sales side was invaluable to, to me as, as a buyer's agent, progressing and flourishing and becoming a more um, mature agent, just in the sense that 
there's a lot of valuable insights to gain from being on the sales side, even if only for a short time. And it's something now that I'm implementing into my new business. Um, you know, it's a, a prerequisite to, to getting a job there now at Pivot Advisory that you have to have been on the sales side for a minimum of 12 months. Um, so uh, I think it's something that sort of sets us apart from a lot of the other buyers agents out there. I like that. I'm just curious. So you obviously said, you know, you, you learnt a lot working on the sales side. It was instrumental. But part of your now hiring policy, so part of your recruitment mm. is people who have worked on the sales side. Why is that? I haven't worked as a selling agent, so I'm just curious to understand why that is. So I think it's just, it feeds into our negotiation strategy, or certainly feeds into my negotiation strategy. And this is something that's not um, confined to the eastern suburbs, it's something that's universal across any sort of real estate transaction in Australia. And something that I've used time and time again, but it's more, it's kind of, it's like when a real estate agent says a certain thing to you, I think back to when I was a sales agent and I think, okay, when I'd say that to buyers, I'd be trying to evoke this reaction or steer them in this direction. So it's just really valuable information that you can then use to, to benefit the client essentially. So I just think we're really well placed having experience as sales agents to, um, you know, to now better service our clients as buyers agents. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's invaluable, I think. The, the way your conversations would be structured dealing with real estate agents. I mean, you, you know how they talk, you used to be one. And if you've got a team of buyers agents who are on that side, I mean, it's, it's, it's effectively, it's just gonna help your clients get better outcomes. Yeah, exactly right. And I think having been a sales agent, it, it helps you um, understand their process a lot more. Um, and I think the biggest piece of advice for any um, buyers agent going out there now that I could give to them would be just um, have respect for for real estate agents, you, because without them, essentially our, our job wouldn't exist. So I think that's something that I learned being on the sales side, how you come across as a buyer's agent. And it's something that I've then subsequently worked on and has been really effective for me. Um, I think it's maybe one of the, our biggest, our strongest points is, is our, our relationships with the agents. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been pivotal for, for our business. You mentioned the word respect for agents or respect, and that resonates because we need to have respect as a buyer's agent you know respect means when you go to an open for inspection and you, you leave you call them and give feedback right did you have buyers agents coming through your properties who didn't call you back yeah exactly right and i think um there's a temptation sometimes for buyers agents to to paint them themselves as good and and the real estate agent as as evil which is just not necessarily um the case everyone's got a job to do we're representing two different sides of the transaction so it's just something i really noticed when i, I was a sales agent the way some buyers agents would come across and it just doesn't it didn't really resonate or gel with me well at the time so it's something when i flip back to to the buyer side is something i was really implemented in my business yeah i remember when you were working at, at back in the cone handler days and mm you there was a time where you were focusing in the western sydney because we we're buying a lot of investment properties there and i thought it was incredible how you were able to go into a new market because you're not from there um, and really learn about a new market not just learn market intelligence on properties but also new real estate agent relationships starting to build a network there i guess starting your business now do you feel like you're having to learn new areas? So I know you're opening up the doors to buy investment properties in different areas. Do you feel like you're going through an educational process now about learning about new areas or are you keeping it super tight in areas that you're familiar with? I think there's things that you can take away from transactions that are universally applicable. 
Um, but what you're talking about in terms of going into a new area, I think uh, the key thing there is just to be super, super hungry for, for new information. And again, just looping back around to the real estate agents, they're a fantastic source of um, you know, what are the best streets? What are the best areas? Um, why is this property not performed or sold for less than, than, you know, a comparable property on the same street? So I think, again, you've just got to, um, you know, really use that relationship with, with real estate agents. And it's, it's um, you know, they're some of the friendliest people in the world. So they're not difficult to, to get along with and they're not difficult to chat to. So, you know, I think we're so lucky to, to speak to some of the friendliest, happiest people in the world every day. It's great. And, you know, I obviously have been doing this show for a while now, speaking to a lot of buyers agents, and it's interesting talking to you because your placing, which I think is incredible, such a strong emphasis on real estate agents and the relationships. And I, it's, that's what we need. They, I mean, they don't need us. They've got buyers coming through their door. We happen to be representing some of the buyers, but they don't need us. We actually need them a lot of the time. And it's great how you talk about the word respect and just the importance of, you know, establishing and nurturing real estate agent relationships. Absolutely. I think w without it, you, you, know, you don't get access to um, off-market listings as much. Um, you don't get in the, in the door before it's, been, um, you know, before it's been officially signed or you don't get the tip-off about something that's coming up unless you have those strong relationships with those agents. So it's just so important. How have you noticed and maybe is there anything you've noticed like starting back at uh, the Cohen Handler days when let's just say there weren't that many buyers agents in Australia, especially in Sydney and New South Wales, and hearing about maybe dealing with potential clients around what they thought of buyers agents, how we'd add value. Have you noticed a shift from, let's say, seven years ago, eight years ago, or five, whenever the time is, till now, around the demand and the need for buyers agents? Undoubtedly. I think when I, when I first started with you at, at Cohen Handler, um, the biggest sort of challenge that we faced was actually educating the client on what a buyer's agent is and how they operate, how they charge. Whereas now, over the last you know, eight years that I've been doing this, um, I've noticed a, a big shift away from that and more now towards, okay, we know what a buyer's agent is. We know roughly what the benefits are. Um, you know, let's get going. So it's a lot easier, I think, to, to get business now um, as opposed to, to when I originally started. And I think I've obviously matured a lot as an agent since then as well, which, which feeds into that also. But yeah, there's been a big, big consumer shift over the last eight years. Do you think because they're more educated in, the, in what we do and the value we provide, or do you think it's just because they maybe just want to outsource more now just with the speed of technology around the, the other parts of their lives. Like, you know, you want to get food, you go Uber, you want to get laundry, call laundry, laundry app, everything's at the tip of a finger now. What, what do you think are the key drivers as to why really they're more receptive to buyers agents now? I think everyone's situation's unique and, and you know, you can provide value as a buyers agent in different ways to, to different customers. And I think it's important to remain flexible in that in that sense. I don't think, um, you know, we have lots of different ways of, of charging, some creative ways of, of charging um, and some creative levels of service. So I think, I don't think it's ever right to put one way of doing business forward to the con consumer. Um, you know, it's nice to uh, leave it up to them as to how they um, want to work with you. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's important to, to remain flexible in that sense. Yeah, nice. So. Starting a business is never easy, and I've started quite a few, and even when you're running a successful business, it's, it's always challenging, like with just, just life itself, there's always challenges. What, 
Are you gonna do anything differently this year now that you're running your own business? Like is your morning routine changing? Is, is anything that you are going to put effort in in making a difference in now that you're effectively out on your own running your own show? Yeah, so an interesting thing that I've done um, is I, I've sort of split my business into two silos. I think it's really important, especially when you're dealing with property, it's the, it's the largest financial traction, uh, personal financial transaction that, that most people will make in their entire lives. So I think it's important to deal with a specialist. Mm. So I think the primary resident side of the business and the investor side of the business are two separate clientele and there's two separate dialogues around it and sort of two separate needs and wants from those consumers. So I've split my business into, into two silos. They fall under the same banner, um, but there's just experts in both fields that are gonna service the clients um, or are servicing the clients. So um, I think that's really important as it's something that we've, we've done differently to, to how we've operated in the past. Yeah, nice. So the focus for Pivot Advisory this year, do you think if you were to look at, if you were to look forward and, and then see all the transactions you've done for your clients, let's say, let's just pretend we're December 20 now, about to hit Christmas again, would you would you think that the majority of your transactions are investment or PPOR? So I'm a very goal orientated person. So I've got a really clear idea of exactly what the split's going to be between primary residents and investors. Um, and I've got sort of the first 12 months and, and beyond mapped out in, in terms of like financial forecasting and what I need to break even. So I've never really felt more prepared for, for anything. But yeah, I, to, to give you a little bit of an insight, um, the, the goal this year is for 40 investor transactions and 30 primary residence transactions. So, nice. Um, which is a little bit on top of, of what we did last year, but not too much of a stretch that it's, it's unattainable. It's great. And that's one of the, I mean, you've been in the game eight years, so it's not like you're fresh, but some of, some of my students who are really experienced at buying property who are going out on their own, I mean, they're new to running a business. They're also new to being, being a buyer's agent. I mean, it's just amazing to see you like come out of the gates, you're clear on your forecasting, on your goals, and I'm sure you will nail your goal of 70 transactions in the year. Mm. I mean, it's just awesome to see someone at your age get out there, run your own business, and really, I mean, it's, it can be a very profitable business that we run, right? Absolutely. Like if you're not going hard on paid media, you got your business partner, referrals like I know you do, you've got your mortgage brokers, your financial planners, accountants, real estate agents, etc. going. It can be a really, I think, low overhead, high profit business. Absolutely. I have to totally agree with you. And it's just something that has proved itself year and year, time and time again, over the last eight years for me. It's, um, you know, it's, it, it can be a really lucrative business. Yeah. But you've got to work hard. Like with anything, right? Yeah. You've got to work hard. But it does provide flexibility absolutely yeah it, it can it, i think it can be a lot of things to you it, it can be something that you grow as as you'd be well aware into you know an eight or nine figure business or it can be something that provides um a, you know different lifestyle for you but still a you know quite a lucrative income i think it's just more what it, what you want it to be um, if that makes sense. Yeah, agreed. And so you obviously country boy. Do you have any plans of buying re like regional or getting into any into any of those style of country towns down the track or? So I've got some a few properties myself. Um, one of them's in a, a regional location, not too far away from, from home. So um, we went in there a, a couple of years ago now and it's, it's been a good investment for us, but. Yeah, excellent, that's awesome. So 
Is it just yourself or have you got other team members already? So I've got myself as the owner of the business um, and then I've got three staff working with me at the moment. Unbelievable, kicking off 2020, new business, 25, three staff working with you. And is there, are they BAs or are they just support roles or? So one, Helen's more of a, a standalone BA. Okay. Uh, and then I've got Oscar who's, who's growing into a, a BA. Uh, he's just sort of doing a lot of sourcing and, and that sort of um, nature of the business for me at the moment. And then I've got like a, a part-time sort of research associate, Hanui. Hanui, that's nice. And so any other plans this year as part of your growth plan to get more staff or you're just gonna keep it as it is? I think I'd, look, I'd like to add one or two more staff by the end of the year, but I want to be able to support them in the, in the correct way uh, and, and sort of help them get business and give them business. So I'm gonna do it when the, when the time's right, not, when, not for the sake of, of adding staff, so. Yeah, yeah. nice. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit out of touch with, with mar I mean, market pricing and all that stuff at the moment because I'm not running a buyer's agent specific business. However, I've, I've heard around Sydney that in some areas, the prices are like back in 2017. Are you seeing that or is that a bit of nonsense? Uh, I think so. It's, it's hard just to, um, to paint Sydney with such a, a broad brush. Um, there's so many different sub markets and, you know, they, they um, react and um, they react in different ways to, to market forces. So I think places like the eastern suburbs, um, even within the, within the eastern suburbs, are different sub-markets as well. Um, but I think certainly some areas have, have been hit a lot harder than others. Um, I always sort of use uh, Alexandria and, and uh, Botany as a bit of a, a poster boy of, of oversupply, which I think was, was hit reasonably hard in the, in the last sort of, in the most recent downturn. Um, but places like Double Bay and Bellevue Hill where um, supplies tight, they're not really making many more apartments. I think they're, they're always um, seem reasonably resilient to, to those external market forces. Yeah, and the places like Double Bay, I'm assuming Bellevue Hill or Potts Point, wherever where stock is tight, I'm assuming that's where your agent relationships come handy for off-markets, pre-markets, all that stuff, right? Yeah, exactly right. We've turned our focus uh, in the last couple of years more towards the beaches. Um, so like Bondi down to, to Maroubra. I think it's a, a good price point. The clientele down there are, um, you know, are, are nice and always really grateful for the, the work that you do. So um, that's been transformational for, for our business, the primary residence arm anyway. So let's talk about quickly primary residence. What, what's, is there an average time frame that you're from sign up, the sign up of the client to exchange that you have any data on around what it's, the time it's taking you to, to buy? Yeah, so that's something that we, we track pretty closely just to get an idea of um, you know exactly how how profitable a, a certain brief is yeah. which I think is something to it's something that's important to monitor as a business um, so we're typically sort of four to six weeks um, which Sorry. is a little bit shorter I think than than some of the the other uh, guys out there but I think it's kind of like the old saying you know the, the harder you work the luckier you get so the harder you work the the more properties you can produce, the more opportunities you can walk the client through. And then that in turn makes it easy for them to make a decision at the end of the process. If you've been able to show them 30 options, it's really, um, it makes it a lot easier for them to, to make that all important commitment to, to that property there. Yeah, unbelievable. And I mean, that's quick in, in, in a very good way. I mean, if I was a potential client of yours, I mean, I remember back in the days, a lot of the clients we spoke to were looking minimum three to four months, mm. some a year, some two years. Here you are, you know, buying 
in less than two months, which, which is great. And what about investment? Have you got any data on how long it's taking you to, to nail briefs for your investor clients? Usually about three to five weeks. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing again. It's, I think it's about just showing the, the client a lot of opportunities um, and that makes it easy for them to, to make a decision. But yeah, about three to five weeks is where we're sitting at at the moment. And I mean, I ask a different buyer's agents this question, but I'm just curious to get your feedback on this. A lot of the potential clients that you get in front of, you want to call them prospects or whatever we label them as, why is there, why do, is, is there a common thread as to why they're coming to you that you see? Like, is it predominantly time poor? Is it maybe they've had a tough time with real estate and so they're looking for more access to stock? Is there like a common theme that you notice or is it pretty sp spread out? I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty spread out. Um... It's all just as unique as, as their own sort of their own story. They might have had, uh, you know, a situation recently where they missed out on auction, uh, at auction, or they might have been, um, you know, looking for six months while the wife is on maternity leave and she's gone back to work and they can no longer juggle it all. Um, so there's any number of reasons, but yeah, I think getting access to to stocks important because there is a lot that that trades off market, um, and you know, if if you're spending two or three million dollars not by any stretch of the imagination is it is a pocket change. So I think naturally people want to make an informed decision when they're spending that amount of money. And a huge part of that is, is having access to every single option that's available to you. It's, 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 a, it's a big one. And I think um, it's interesting just to see the, the direction that some buyers agents are going now with this national also investment style of model. I'm seeing a lot of it happening where buyers agents are identifying whether it's just one state or whether it's a few different states for diversification, and they're really uh, finding key suburbs in these geographic states and then they're looking to really purchase properties for their investor clients with this kind of like borderless model. What are, you, like, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's, it's, uh, it's amazing and such a key part of our business. And from a, an onboarding point of view with a, a prospect or, uh, as you say, whatever label um, you know, people want to give them, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy from a business perspective to onboard those people because the, the ability for them to go and do it themselves is, is somewhat limited. Uh, it's very difficult to, to buy in your local market, let alone buy nationally. Uh, but if you want to get access to the best investment markets and the best uh, investment opportunities, I think you do need to take a, a national approach. Otherwise, you're missing out. Yeah, and it's just, it's just more options for the client. Correct. That's what it comes down to. So, last question. You are out on your own now. I'm just curious, like, what advice you'd... You know, I'm passionate about seeing people transform career. I came from a, a corporate role. I was an employee, got out of that program, started my own business and started many businesses after that. But a lot of people get caught in the employee grind, mm. right? Um, like what, is your, what would be your advice to people who are kind of, you know, even guys your age or whatever who are, who are, who are stuck doing work that they don't like, um, they're not really connected with around having the courage to maybe look at something else where they can take more control of their life? I think probably the biggest piece of advice I'd pass on to those people and to, to put it quite bluntly is you're not a tree, just get up and move. If, if you're not happy and you're not satisfied in your work, you spend so much time at, at work over your entire life. If, if it's not satisfying for you, then just hop up and move. I love it, mate. Short, sharp, to the point. I, I think that's a, a lot. I've, I've posted on Instagram about that before. I love it. Before we finish up, where can 
people find you? Uh, so they can contact us on our 1300 number, which is 1300 402 424. Or you can just reach out to me uh, via email, which is just henry at pivotpb.com.au. Awesome having you, mate. It's 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 great to, to be sitting here with you while you're running your own business. I love seeing people run their own businesses, mate, and get out there and do their own thing, mate. So congratulations. Thank you, Ben. Really Thanks for having it. me. Before we um, finish up, you know, it's for me, as I just mentioned, just sitting here with Henry, who is now running his own business, I love seeing that. I love seeing people take ownership, control of their life, so they can actually control what they want to do. They're not at the flick of the switch destined by someone else to say, listen, we're, we're downsizing now, off you go. So please check out Henry where he directed you to. Henry's been doing this for a long time. He's worked, as he said, a selling agent and a buyer's agent. He's bought property himself. He specializes in different states, not just within New South Wales for investment purposes. He's specializing in PPOR within Sydney, I'm assuming within the inner city. So check out Henry, inspiring story, See you next time. To find out more about how you can become a stellar buyer's agent yourself, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au.